I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. And now, giving you access to the locker rooms and the minds of the independent scene, here are the curtain jerkers of pro wrestling podcasting, Mike Crockett. Actually, I prefer to be called Maestro. And the kingpin, Brian Malonis. He's the win, and nobody beats him. This is the wrestling podcast about nothing on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network. Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, episode 90, presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many pro wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing, they said. Which was the podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully they said, we think it may have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring, and joining me as always is the veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars, the Irresistible Force, the Immovable Object, the Frost Giant, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis. Frost Giant. You're cold, right? Oh, yeah. It's, this is ridiculous. I hate living here. Sub-zero temperatures. Ugh, horrible. It wasn't like that where I was, Kingpin. I wish you would have stayed there. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I was in lovely uh, Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Have you thought about uh, relocating to Mexico? Uh, there's been talks. Oh, goodness. No. No, no, no. <laughs> no, we, we're remaining here in the good old U.S. of A. Actually, she said she doesn't want to come back to Mexico. <laughs> well, not even to visit. I guess not. Wow. I think it's a family thing because we met some family down there. And, yeah. uh, you know, so. I saw some ridiculous pictures of you. Yeah, you know, some family things. Looking very red. As I do now. It's a nice <laughs> juxtaposition against the big white snowbanks outside here yes. in Massachusetts and New Hampshire. That's like your new favorite word. You've dropped that on like four episodes lately. I like that. Did yeah. you just learn that? Did you just learn that word? <laughs> it's one of the words of the day on the calendar. The oh, new calendar okay. I got for 2018. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, there's that. Uh, and I mentioned the extended hiatus. And um, let me just put this out there. I may die on Friday night. <laughs> is that this Friday night? Oh, it is this Friday night, isn't it? Friday the 12th, is it? Yeah. Yeah, there's the debut of Chaotic Wrestling under new ownership in Woober, Massachusetts. And it appears as though I will be there in a uh, somewhat prominent role for well, for a referee, anyway. Yeah, look at that. Your buddy buys the company, and then all of a sudden you're <laughs> slipped right back in, and Quinn and Tony S. are shoved right back down the card. Well, you know how it is. You know how it is, Brian. Us big podcasting people. We bring in the customers. Put the asses in seats. I guess so. <laughs> so, yes, uh, uh, apparently I will be at Chaotic Wrestling this Friday night in Woburn. Come on out. See me, see the kingpin, see the stars of chaotic wrestling. We'll have to book a ref bump. Uh, let's let's hope not. Yeah, big one for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see how that goes. So check out chaotic wrestling this Friday night. You know, if you get hurt and unable to do this podcast, Tony S is probably available, right? <laughs> I guess he might be. So you're sliding back into his spot in chaotic wrestling, and you slide into your chair for the podcast. <laughs> He'll be the senior official of his podcast. Yes. So uh, does he do editing? Does Tony S do editing? Uh, That's part of the job. <laughs> no, I don't think he does, actually. Oh, okay. Never mind, then. Forget it. <laughs> Sorry, Tony. Uh, yeah, so I was in Mexico, and uh, sitting here ominously staring at you is a Santa Claus. It's a gift bag with Santa Claus on it. Wow. And it's for you. It's for me. From Mexico. Wow. And a big gift. We'll open it 
later in the show. Oh. Ben. Let's keep the people tuned in. Is there like dangerous animals or something in Mexico? I feel like it's going to be something that's going to like hurt me. No, no, no. Like scorpions? It's they have scorpions in Mexico? No, it's something that might uh, come in handy for you. Okay, so... Something like we used to have at the old warehouse? No, 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 <laughs> oh, okay. nothing like that. Nothing like that. But later on, you can open up your, uh, oh, I think your might, belated Christmas gift. I think I might know what it is. Okay. You, you went to Mexico. I, I know some of the guys used to go to Mexico to get certain... Uh, <laughs> certain products. Products, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't get that across the border, Kingpin. Come on, don't be crazy. Depends how creative you want to get. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I do know, I recall the story of someone. Uh, <laughs> it, they can't find it if you put it all in your body, right? <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> There you go. You squeezing cheeks the whole plane ride home, Mike. <laughs> Perhaps. No, no, no. It's nothing like that, Kingpin. But you'll find out what it is later on. And I uh, can't even laugh properly. By the way, I'm sick of this being sick. Sick and tired like, of being sick and tired. Like the congestion. Stupid kids are all gross and boogery and gave it to me. And I can't even laugh right now. I'm sorry. I've been told that my laugh is a highlight of this podcast for for a couple people. Really? Yes, my joyous laugh. Huh? I can't even do it. That's that's it's a very shame. Very monsoon like. <laughs> that's a shame. Well, we'll we'll do what we can to uh, keep the the laughter from taking over. I know it's here on the bad. podcast. Uh, so we really want people to go back and check out the last two weeks of this podcast. We had two interviews. Christmas episode was with Warbeard Hansen. Uh, some explosive things said by Warbeard that haven't quite got out there because I guess probably the timing of the podcast. Yeah, and one of us didn't. Uh do the transcripting yes to get that out there to different uh, venues so hopefully maybe someday eventually someone one of will... us was living it up on vacation while one of us was here working their ass off yeah, so, yeah check out the christmas episode with todd warbeard hansen and of course our new year's episode where we talked to george carroll jr from new japan pro wrestling that was all in the lead up to wrestle kingdom to get to see the wrestle kingdom show i did not yet me neither. It's going to be on uh, Access TV. We'll record this on Saturday. It's going to be on Access TV tonight. So maybe I'll check that out. I, I have the DVR set to go, and I should be home for it, although I'll probably watch football. Well, excuse me. Uh, so yeah, Wrestle Kingdom, we will not be talking about that today. But what we will be talking about right here is how we're doing one episode a week now. It's one big episode per week on both of our feeds on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network and the BDA Radio WPAN feed. So there'll be no more feed confusion. Both feeds have the same content. And in 2018, we're going to make it the best content it could be with more interaction, more games, more interviews, and a whole lot of fun. Is that correct? That's correct. And we another way we ended the feed confusion was by launching the WPAN.com. Thank you very much. The website, the WPAN.com. You can find every episode there. Uh, well, not every episode, but we're going to get the back catalog. Slowly but surely. Yes. <laughs> uh, every new episode will go up there automatically. And plus, there are great photos of us. There's some uh, biographies of the both of us if you're interested in our backgrounds and such. Web store. Yes, you can buy the WPAN official Curtain Jerker t-shirt on ProWrestlingTees.com. Hey, maybe a blog at some point. Yeah, we should do something like that. Could be a real blogger. <laughs> so we have all that going forward. Plus, coming up next month, I'm going to announce this right now. Do I even? Am I even aware of what you're announcing? Perhaps. We've discussed it, uh, but February 19th, 2018, coming almost exactly one year after the last one. It is Uncivil War 2. Oh. Brian Malonis versus Mike Mills. New school versus old school. Oh. 
The next debate on Civil War II. Okay. Coming next month, February 19th. I shall do my best to represent the new school. There you go, because you're in it. You're in the thick of it out there in the independent scene. Trying to be, at least. So we'll see what you can do next month against Mike Mills. He'll be returning on February 19th. You're going to have so much editing to do with all the coughing I'm doing here. Yeah, well. My apologies. Keep it to a minimum. Trying. All right. Today on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, we're going to be looking back at Monday Night Raw. It is the 25th anniversary coming up in just a couple days. We're going to get our best memories and moments, plus the illustrious return of America's Game. Your promo about nothing and a whole lot more is coming up. But first, Brian, Festivus is not just a date on the calendar here at the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. It lives in our hearts every single day, 24-7, 365, as the kids like to say. So it's not just for December 23rd anymore. It's a Festivus for the rest of the year, too. Right? Sure. So for that reason, that's just the fact you're so enthusiastic about it. (laughs) Here on the WPAN, we are airing our grievances each and every week, and now you're going to hear about it. So Kingpin Brian Malonis... You ready to kick us off? Yeah. You were going to air your grievance. Yeah, so uh, I'll take you back to my New Year's Eve. Yes. Spent at Beyond Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Lots of great wrestlers on the card. Lots. Up and down the card. Tons of great wrestlers on the card. And you? I'm one of the great wrestlers. Oh, okay. I've, I've, well, but was, I was going to say was and Tom Lawler. I see. Yes. Filthy Tom Lawler was, was there. And mm-hmm. it was very convenient... There was nobody filming this time as Mr. Lawler groveled at my feet. Oh. To not put the beating of a lifetime on him, thus ending probably his wrestling career and shaming him to become a recluse. (laughs) Tom Lawler, I reject the groveling that you did. I reject your apology. I reject the fact that you told me you were the biggest Kingpin fan around. Tom Lawler, I reject it all. I, I had another match to focus on that night against Mikey Webb. But there will be a time and a place where Tom Lawler has to pay the Piper, and the Piper's name is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. Tom Lawler, you are garbage, and I will show the world that. Wow. Um, well, it is kind of convenient that there was no videotaping of this groveling and of the fact that he said that you were his favorite wrestler. That that's Yeah, that's what he said. So, wait, what happened last time where you said that you guys were great friends, and I just edited it to look like that you were... Well, he had a lot of Big Mouth stuff to say since then. Oh, he did? Yeah, he did online. We talked about it on this podcast. In various places? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, when confronted of it, he was, you know, he bowed right down. So you don't accept his apology? No, I do not. I reject it. Wow. That's that's a grievance. That is a grievance. I don't know what's going to become of this, but... <laughs> uh, okay, so Filthy Tom Lawler, former UFC... He's, a, he's still on notice. He's on notice. All right. You're putting, you, you, you're putting him on notice right now? You're, putting, <laughs> you're writing it down? I, I've got taken note of it. I'm taking note of it right, right now. Uh, all right. My grievance. These people online who are the old school New Japan pro wrestling fans oh and are mad. It's like the, the guys that are like, hey, I listened to that band first and then they got big. And now, you know, they're not mine anymore, so I'm feeling upset about it. These old school New Japan fans who are mad that the new fans are enjoying the product and talking about it, and they don't think they're qualified enough to discuss the inner workings of New Japan Pro Wrestling online. 
You, you, have you seen this on Twitter and such? The, the only thing I saw on Twitter that I hadn't noticed before with New Japan was like criticism of the booking. Like I'd, I'd never really noticed that before, but no, I hadn't noticed the old school fans doing that. Old old school, what like eight months ago? <laughs> so yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that going on online. Where of course New Japan is getting a lot of attention just coming off of Wrestle Kingdom 12. Chris Jericho a part of it, so it brought a lot of new eyes to the product. Uh, had one of their biggest houses in recent memory at the Tokyo Dome, and we saw a picture of that. A, a couple of them posted. I thought maybe Todd was the one that Warbeard was the one that took it, but I, I don't know that he was the one that took it. But probably he stole posted it. it. He posted. It. I saw a couple other people post it too, but unbelievable. It looked like the place was jammed to the last row of the balcony. Yeah. Like insane. Yeah. And uh, you know, of course, Todd, we talked about two weeks ago on the podcast on the Christmas episode that he got to perform there for the first time as part of a six man tag team uh, himself, Ray Rowe, Michael Elgin, his best his good, friend. His good friend, Michael Elgin. <laughs> his longtime close personal friend, Michael Elgin, <laughs> as you heard on the Christmas episode. If you didn't, I'm shocked they didn't come out as winners based on the closeness <laughs> of the group. Go check that out if you haven't listened to the podcast. A great episode talking to our friend Todd. Yeah, so the New Japan stuff, it's great. Uh, and I don't understand why people are mad that there's more people talking about it. But yes, there are more people talking about New Japan. Everybody just enjoy the product. Enjoy the fact that a second (laughs) promotion is coming to prominence here in the U.S. of A. And just enjoy it. There's going to be lots going on in 2018. We heard from George Carroll Jr. last week. There's going to be lots going on with New Japan, especially in this market in the U.S. They announced tickets for Long Beach are going on sale at the end of the month. LBC? Yes, and they're in a 5,000-seat arena this time. Goodness. So hopefully they will do very well. I'm sure they will. Uh, hey, so maybe I'll be on it. You never know, huh? You never know. Yeah, you know. I probably won't be on it. <laughs> <laughs> so check out, uh, check out our episode last week with George Carroll to hear all about what's going on with New Japan, especially in the U.S. And yeah, everybody just enjoy New Japan Pro Wrestling. Enjoy... Enjoy the fact that there's this other promotion there that's working really hard to come into our hearts and minds as opposed to just the WWE. <laughs> well, I don't even know who the heck it was. It says somebody. It might have been I might have been on the WPAN Twitter because you follow lots of like random wrestling things mm-hmm. and just somebody bitching about Okada winning and well, you know how how Gato is. I'm like no, no, I don't. <laughs> I have no clue what you mean right now. <laughs> okay, it is the booker. I, I know, but like, I mean, are people watching it that closely? Is, is it, do you even have the ability to watch it that closely where you could follow like show to show storylines? You're just one of those new school fans, Brian, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that I don't like. Uh, so let's move on to the Raw anniversary coming up january 11th 1993 was the first episode of monday night raw on the usa network they were live from new york city at the manhattan center a building that you have wrestled in kingpin yes. downstairs anyway in yes. the big venue uh but yeah, i don't play the small ones. <laughs> you don't play the little small rinky dick ones but monday night raw yes 25 years since the first episode went down do you have any recollection of watching the first episode of course yeah i do i I was watching primetime wrestling every week same here what's going on with this they (laughs) they, by the end they had that 
table side yeah, they, discussion. Yeah, were, yeah, perfect. Always would do the the pencil thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then Keenan would do it next and always <laughs> fumble and bumble with it. Uh, yeah, I mean, by the end, they needed to breathe some life into that time slot, and they obviously did by going live to a local smaller arena. And Monday Night Raw was a breath of fresh air for the entire pro wrestling scene and of course as we know is the longest episodic wrestling have the promotion not, not even wrestling i think oh. it's just the longest running episodic television show in history which is not true but okay it's not no well it beat it uh what is um Monday night football i think has oh does that count because it's sports it's it's they, they took the sports out of it it's just the longest running episodic show oh, i guess Huh. Right? So there's, there's plenty yeah, of them. I guess, yeah. <laughs> so let's go with their narrative, though. Whatever. It is the longest episodic. <laughs> it's, still, it's, it's pretty It's impressive. You know, they've been able to sustain and really have some incredible peaks during that time. Some of the, the higher rated episode. I mean, listen to the, at least the very beginning, I'm through like the first like 15 or 20 minutes of the Pritchard podcast this there we week. Go. But they were talking about at the end of primetime, they, were, they weren't even doing like a two rating. So the beginning of Raw was, you know, one or you know, one and a half to two rating and and they got it at one point up to like eight point four or something like that. Or yeah, the some crazy, crazy yeah, some crazy ratings. And now they do what, like a three and a half, something around there that, right? usually. But still, I mean, impressive when you think about how long it's been going and how many people still watch it and it's I mean, it's evolved from what it originally was. You know, originally it was very match centric, you know, like just it wasn't. And now it's obviously very heavy on backstage segments and it's three hours long as opposed to one hour long. Yeah. And, you know, but it, it's it's whether you like WWE, don't like WWE, it's impressive run. It's a very impressive run. 25 years of putting on a television show is pretty damn impressive. Of course, they started out in the one arena at the Manhattan Center in New York City, and then they branched out to do bigger arenas and go all over the place with it so monday night raw has definitely evolved over the years but what are your favorite memories of the undertaker versus damian demento matchup (laughs) the first main event in the history of monday night raw crazy huh (laughs) damian demento main evented the first raw how about the very very first match ever coco beware versus yokozuna Yokozuna. that's a big one that's a big one (laughs) do you want to bust out the rob barlow line (laughs) no 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 we'll save we'll save that Uh, my chair is broken by the way did you break my chair yeah well it's you did you broke it it was uh Good vacation, Kingpin. Oh, I didn't. I, I've got. Do you to, want? Do you want this one here? Maybe. <laughs> I neglected to mention that I did pull off the trifecta in Mexico. You, you, you wait, wait a minute. Are we talking about the George Costanza trifecta? No, 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 no. It's something different. Uh, I, I actually had tacos for breakfast, lunch, and dinner one day. Jesus, it was very good. What, what consists of a breakfast taco? Uh, well, it was just uh, normal. Oh, you just had tacos? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was like a 11 o'clock. It was like a, a later breakfast. It was brunch. It was brunchish. Yeah, so that's the well, probably well. the reason behind the, <laughs> the chair disintegrating underneath me. <laughs> when, in, when in Rome. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right exactly. Uh, all right, Kingpin. We've done this a number of times on the old Thursday show on BDA Radio where we do a categorized ranking. We'll do some rapid-fire rankings where we give our top picks in a number of categories, and we're going to do it now for the 25th anniversary of Monday Night Raw. So here we go. The best match. I know it's tough to narrow down 25 years to a single match. It is, but but you know... 
looking back and doing the research on this, and there, there were some that stuck out in my mind. Let me guess. Triple H versus Shawn Michaels, December 29th, 2003, <laughs> well, San Antonio, Texas. Because I've seen that match 17,000 <laughs> times. Do you want to go into why? <laughs> I, I was very early into my career, like a little over two years, and still going to the school four or five times a week. And I think we watched that match before, during, and after class with Coach Mike Hollow. If we didn't watch that match 20 times, we didn't watch it once. And like 20 is not an exaggeration. 20 may be like a legit, like that's in the ballpark of how many times we watched that match. There was there was one evening in particular that we went really late. We trained past 10 o'clock at night. This is like a Tuesday night. So, right. and, and all of us have to go to work the next day, including coach. And coach has a, you know, had a regular job that he had to go do the next day. And, we're wrapping up and we're thinking like, oh man, what a what a tough practice. We've ran the ropes, we've taken a million bumps, you know, really good practice. And coach, uh, all right, who wants to watch uh, Triple H HBK, a match we'd already watched, <laughs> I don't know how many times at that point. And all of us just were like, and you couldn't say no, right? We had to watch it again. And then we all just kind of looked at each other like, all right. Having said that, I did watch it back today <laughs> before did. he came. <laughs> The match is outstanding. Right. It's. I mean, the story is incredible. It's Shawn Michaels getting a title shot in his hometown, San Antonio, Texas, uh, against Triple H, his former best friend. Ric Flair is in his corner. I, I, I think all three guys are firing on all cylinders. I forgot how how good Flair was as a manager uh, yeah. during during this time. Just unbelievable. The crowd is electric. Like, just awesome. Absolutely awesome. The only thing that aggravated me, though, at the finish, there was so there was the finish that he super kicks Triple H. He has his shoulders down. Double pin, right? Yeah, it's a double pin. <laughs> Bischoff, I think, screwed up because they play in Shawn Michaels' music. The crowd is coming unglued. There's people hugging in the audience. They show, yeah. and he and Bischoff goes the winner, and still it's like, well, no, it's nobody won. You screwed that up. It annoyed me, but still a great moment. Yes, and the reason that Coach went back to this match time and time again, which is just why. Uh, because it, it was a really it was a really good match at the time we we're you know doing tape study and I will say because there was a big especially at this time big edict of saving your shots saving your punches making your punches mean something and there was a million punches and chops in this match and about like the tenth or twelfth time we watched it he turns around to the group and goes man they threw a lot of punches in this match <laughs> <laughs> yes they did <laughs> but the matches the matches outstanding three masters at the top of their game just doing their thing but that's not the match that you want to say right or is it no I mean, it's, it's on my i i i, I oh you still have a number of uh i can't oh i can't with three i figure we would discuss a little bit okay and, um you know another one that comes to mind was the uh rvd eddie guerrero ladder match um, I don't even remember this. Yeah, the, the, this, I'm pretty sure this was the one a fan jumped in the ring and pushed the ladder Guerrero over. Down. But yeah, I just remember really, and I, that's that's the only one on my little short list here that I didn't get to go back and watch because mm -hmm. you sprung this on me last night. <laughs> <laughs> but I just remember really, really enjoying that match. So hey, if anybody out there has some specific spots in that match, they, they remember. But I, I remember thoroughly enjoying that RVD, Eddie Guerrero ladder match that was on raw and um again it's it's funny there's there's just not many like i mean you'd think like 25 years but there's i only think there's like a handful of matches that yeah i mean what about razor moan versus the kid oh okay which was not 
I mean, I wouldn't say a, more of a moment than a. Maybe you're right. I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's not quite a high caliber match. Well, yeah, I can think of like a million like moments. Like another right. one I kind of thought about, but it didn't strike me as being a good match was. Uh, the Rock and Mankind when Mankind won the title right. in Worcester. Like, the moment of that was incredible, but eh, the match was meh. Yeah, you're pretty much right on that. Um, what about this one, though? In terms of match, the crowd heat was tremendous. Triple H, once again, versus Chris Jericho, where Chris Jericho supposedly won the the World Heavyweight Championship, or was it the WWE Championship? I don't know what championship was at this point it was in one time. Of the world titles. 2000. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Jericho won the championship in the match. The crowd went absolutely bananas, and then Triple H got it overturned, so the title got returned to Triple H. Yeah. Do you remember this yeah, whole thing? I, I do. There was like a series there for a little bit of Triple H. There was the one with Jericho where he actually lost, but then there was like the one with Takamishinoku. Yep. Takamishinoku, yeah. Where like for a moment you actually thought Takamishinoku <laughs> might become WWE champion. Yeah. I have another Triple H one here too. It's kind of weird that um, you don't think of him in the upper, upper echelon. Oh, maybe you do. But they don't think of him in the upper echelon when it comes to workers, but a lot of my matches here on my list how about triple h versus the debuting cactus jack from raw at madison square garden in 1997 yeah i mean again that's not i don't know how great the match was but the moment was it was a pretty damn good match was, it was a false count anywhere kind yeah. of thing and they ended it on the stage with a pile driver through the table along those same lines a buddy of ours Kofi, yes. Kofi versus Randy Orton. Wow, yeah, from MSG as well. Wait, yeah. and, and he did the the double leg drop through. Was it through a table? It was through a table. It was, but it, it was, was in the, the crowd and yeah. like the crowd, MSG going absolutely ballistic for him. That was definitely a highlight. Yeah. Do you have anything else for best matches of Raw? Well, we got, I, I mean, I got what I think, and it's actually an early one. You you kind of walked in on me watching it. I just wanted to watch yep. it back a little bit, and I believe it was from the third episode ever of Raw, and that was the Loser Leaves Town match between Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect, especially early on, especially this era of WWE. The match was fantastic. Perfect got busted open. Pretty sure it was hard way, too. It didn't look like uh, it was like in the top of his head. I think he went like up and over the rope doing, you know, doing a Perfect Mr. Bump. Perfect type bump. And he kind of <laughs> looks like he kind of like lost his balance and went over backwards. Like he was like laying on the top rope and then kind of just flipped over backwards. It looked like he hit his head on like the turnbuckle. But that match was outstanding. I remembered it all these years later. I, I've watched it probably. That's probably the second or third time I've watched it in the last like few years. But outstanding match, especially from that era of Monday Night Raw. So what would you rank as the best match if you had to pick one? Probably the Triple H HBK one, but just really, the, it's. I mean the. I mean the crowd. I think it's because of the crowd too. I think the crowd makes it. Yeah. Like the it being Shawn Michaels' hometown and um, yeah, the crowd makes it. I almost, I almost wish they had gone off the air with you thinking Shawn Michaels had won the title, only to come back the next week and like reverse it to really dusty roads the thing <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but <laughs> yeah I, I think I mean you'd have a hard time convincing me so there was something better. All right. Well, are you about to try to? I would say the Cactus Jack Triple H match, when you put into consideration the fact the whole uh, lead up to it, where they had the Mankind, Dude Love, and Cactus Jack all kind of interviewing each other. And, you know, well, Cactus Jack comes in at the very end and says, I'm home or whatever like that. And the, just the lead up to that match, then the match itself, all around, I think that was just such a great segment 
Triple H versus Cactus Jack in his debut in Madison Square Garden. A big moment overall to me. That was the best match in Monday Night Raw history. All right. Best feud. I mean, there's do we, one. Do we just want to. I mean, there's one that stands well, kind of above leave, the rest. Let's leave that for a moment. Let's okay. talk about a couple of the others. They're from the same kind of era. But the ones I came up with, um, Undertaker versus Kane and Paul Bearer, I thought was a was a really great feud that really took place on Monday Night Raw with all the teases from uh, and I and I say Kane and Paul Bearer because it started with the Undertaker Paul Bearer feud and right. he forced the Undertaker to go back with him and then ultimately Undertaker said no I'm not doing this which then led to him saying you know he's going to bring Kane and then Kane debuted at Bad Blood and then they had lots of segments on this is what the Kane was just coming out during Raw I remember he first debuted on Raw and just annihilating people like during he'd just come out during matches the lights would go out and he'd come out and just beat people up yeah but i i, I thought that was a was a great one from from the attitude era Few, oh, that's just a hokey story i mean it's this is the era i guess the the whole Undertaker Kane thing. Did you enjoy thing. anything? <laughs> Good God, you enjoyed that? Back yes. Then? Well, you're a, you're a youth. You're a you're a young kid. In high school. Well, you know any better? <laughs> okay. How about how about the Rock and Mankind? The Rock and Mankind. Yeah. I mean, I don't particularly care for the uh, "This Is Your Life" segment that everyone likes to look back on fondly. I don't think it was great at the well, time. I was, the, but we're talking best feud here, though. We're like, I'm talking about the Rock Mankind feud over the WWE title at the time, or WWF okay. title at the time. That's what you know, we're talking best feud, Mike. Well, I mean, that's the start of it, right? Or no? No, this is your life. That was way after <laughs> they'd already feuded, and yeah, the, the, the "This Is Your Life" became years afterwards. Well, I'm an old man. Brian, I don't understand these th- these things. Newfangled things are uh, okay. How about this? DX versus WCW. All right, I like <laughs> I like that one. Of course, the famous segment where they went to uh, the Norfolk Scope. I think is where Nitro is being held that night. They were in a different venue. They were really close together, so they went over and they said, "Fuck you guys." <laughs> right. Essentially. Yeah. Then later on, they had the ones where they went to the CNN Center or whatever the hell, wherever the hell the WCW offices were in Atlanta. Yep. So, do we just want to get to the? I mean, I think there's well, unless there's, you have something else. There's <laughs> one that's. I mean, it goes bigger than DX versus WCW. How about Vince versus Turner slash Bischoff? So you're doing the Monday Night War? Yes, that <laughs> is a that is a feud. I guess, basically yeah. ignited everything in the mid to late nineties. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're. I think you're on something there. Vince, of course, would say that he was fighting Ted Turner, but I mean, it was Eric Bischoff essentially was manning the ship for WCW, and that blew everything up. And I think you don't have a lot of these things that we're talking about here that we're going to be talking about with the best feud. It's it's all thanks to what happened in the whole. Thing between Bischoff and yeah Vince yeah I think you're right on there so now do we want to okay go? it's the obvious one there's been lots written about it there's been DVDs on it documentaries on it Austin versus McMahon right yeah that's what we we're both thinking there I mean I, I'm not oh, gonna, I'm, not, I'm yeah. not gonna sit here and pretend to find something else like right like Austin versus McMahon is the greatest feud of of that's right it might be you could argue Austin McMahon is the greatest feud in wrestling history. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you make a pretty damn solid case for it. Yeah, I mean, that's what turned this whole uh, WWF versus WCW thing around. This is what put WWF over the top. 
And it's amazing, too, because, I mean, Ventures are satisfied to be the commentator for all these years. And right. who would have ever thought, I, I mean, I would have never thought at the time that he would really be one of the best heels in the history of the business. Like, I would have never, as as a fan watching him be the commentator for all these years, I, I would have never envisioned him becoming that and being that. Well, if you're like me, I am a pompous old school fan. You watch the stuff in Memphis kingpin you would have seen vince mcmahon doing those heel promos and you would have known that he was capable of such things this is me being pompous <laughs> wrestling fan but yes you are correct uh yeah i mean who would have thought this guy one two three he got him no he didn't no he didn't <laughs> who would have thought that guy <laughs> you know, like. yeah austin mcmahon you can't deny best feud in the history of monday night raw without a doubt yeah it's so, so many yeah so many incredible incredible moments which i'm sure we'll get into here coming up the best debut on Monday Night Raw. Hmm. There's a couple of Well, I had I had one I thought would be off the beaten path, but you've you've already kind of stolen my thunder, but oh, so I I'll, did. I'll just say it's the I was gonna say the Cactus Jack debut on Monday Night Raw with the promo. It started with Dude Love and then he brought in Mankind and then Cactus Jack. Like the eruption from the MSG crowd for a character who I mean, not not the most, you know, wasn't a top guy, I would say, no. in WCW. The character hadn't been seen in a very long time. So for the WWE crowd to react that way to Cactus Jack was, I thought, fantastic. I'm sorry I completely blew your spot there. You did. You did. You stole my thunder completely. So we can move on from that now. It's all right. I got a couple others. Well, of course, Chris Jericho making his debut in 1999. Yeah. One of the biggest moments, especially you know, the lead up. Who's the Millennium Man? The big countdown for weeks. They count down to zero with The Rock standing in the ring. And Chris Jericho makes his debut and goes one-on-one -on -one with the great run on the microphone. And lots of, like, I think, debate now over them, like... Over that not being a great thing for Jericho to, or I think maybe even debate at the time, oh, they had the Rock bury him or whatever. But I, I thought it was great to establish him immediately yeah. with one of their top guys and, and hold his own on the microphone against the Rock. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, he is he was coming in as a heel, and the Rock kind of made him look a little bit like a fool. Yeah, which, but, but I mean, that's he, as a heel. He's I mean, a heel. look at his hairdo too, though. I think that yeah. was kind of what Jericho was <laughs> was going for a little bit there. But the segment was unbelievable, and the crowd knew it. The right. crowd knew, but by the time he debuted, and people were holding signs saying Chris Jericho. Yeah. yeah, but they but it's one of those times in wrestling where it's like there's no surprise, but it's still pretty damn awesome. Yeah. And what else you got there? Best. So debut. the the other one I had on my list uh, was another guy from WCW, and and maybe one of the most unlikely scenes in pro wrestling history. If you were an avid fan during the Monday Night Wars, and that was Eric Bischoff's debut on Monday Night Raw, and the sight of him and Vince McMahon hugging on Raw, I thought was, uh, I thought it was great. I know it's a non wrestler, but. Just the sight of Eric Bischoff on Monday Night Raw is one of those like, like that it doesn't exist today. There's nobody that could debut on Monday Night Raw on Monday night that would make your jaw hit the floor like Bischoff debuting did. I was gonna say CM Punk, but that's not really a debut, is it? No, not no, it's not a debut. Okay. Like, like ooh, like Dixie Carter, like Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff <Yeah>. Jarrett, like. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But even like you're thinking like New Japan or whatever, like you're. People gonna is there jaws on the floor of Gato comes out on, <laughs> on Raw or, or or Joe Coff I've seen start to get out there a little more he does a lot of 
media for if Joe Coff comes out on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> that's big. But but I mean he's not a, on he's not a television character, you know, on Ring of Honor, so it's you know, it's it's there's nobody right. out there that, you know, there's nobody out there that's going to have the impact that Eric Bischoff had debuting on Raw and just having that oh my god moment. Like what am I watching? I don't understand why he came out and hugged Vince McMahon after so many years, but a lot of conjecture as to if that was the right way for him to debut. But the <sighs> fact that he did debut is it's a, a big moment, moment, man. It's, an emo- it's a moment if you were a wrestling fan during the era that you'll remember forever. Okay, how about this? Best debut. It could also go in the best angle category, so I'm probably going to steal your thunder here as well. Probably. Uh, the Nexus. Oh, no, I didn't. You didn't think of that? No. That was one of the most explosive debuts, of course, them coming out uh, after a John Cena match. I forget who it was against, but uh, they came out. They beat up John Cena in the ring. They started tearing the ring apart. They beat up the announcers. Did Daniel Bryan getting fired? <laughs> Daniel Bryan got fired for choking out uh, the announcer there. What's his name? Justin Robert. Thank you very much. And it was just a scene. It was something that you'd never seen on Raw before, just the way they tore everything apart. It was a happening. It was saying. a happening, Vince. It was something that was talked about the next day. Yeah, it was it was great. And beyond. One of the one of the best segments of recent memory, especially too, because like there was nobody to close the show either. Yeah. So it was just like kind of just like it was one of those times that it wasn't those artificially created, like where the commentators don't talk moments. It was like there's no commentators there. There's complete silence. The crowd's in shock, and like, it was awesome. Well done. Very well done. Yeah, that was a, that was a big one. Something that, like I said, even outside of wrestling, people heard about it and went back and watched. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. That was a good one, Mike. All right, so uh, let's ride this wave of positivity <laughs> to the best angle in Monday Night Raw history. A lot to choose from here, Kingpin. Yeah, so I'll kick us off a little bit here with one that's pretty recent and one that was a um, big surprise to everyone at the time. Again, it's very hard in pro wrestling now to surprise people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was Seth Rollins turning on the shield. Triple H and Randy Orton came out. Triple H cutting the promo about he always has a plan B. And then Seth Rollins beating the hell out of Reigns and Ambrose with the chair. I, I thought, again, when you're talking about recent, like one of the most well-done things that that they've done. Nobody saw it coming because the Shield had just beaten Evolution the night before on the pay-per-view. Like, fantastic. I, it was a surprise to me because I was like, why? <laughs> why are you doing this now? Well, Because the, then it lays out. Right. It was... Uh, you're, one, you're one of these guys. You evaluate them. You're, you're one of these guys, Mike. You're one, you're one of the New Age wrestling fans. You should be the one arguing with Mike Mills over New School Wrestling because <laughs> you're one of these guys that if you're, read, if you're reading like a 600-page novel, you'd get to page 200 and be like, well, this is stupid. I don't, I don't like what just happened to the, to the protagonist here. I'm going to just give up on this story and not see how it plays out. Well, you think the S.H.I.E.L.D. thing is going swimmingly now? Well, no, because because Ambrose got hurt and like, <laughs> and then Reigns got hurt first or was sick or whatever, and yeah. then and then Ambrose got hurt. But so no, I, but that's I don't think that's any I don't think it's WWE's fault. But I thought that was great. It again, we live in a, a you got to think of from their position as well or any wrestling company's position. It's so hard to truly surprise people. Somebody signs, somebody does something, somebody who hasn't been there a while shows up backstage like. People know, like there's leaks and you have all all your beloved dirt sheets that uh, you know that leak this stuff. So it's hard to surprise the fans. This genuinely surprised the fans. That's true. Okay, how about something we talked about with the Nexus? Something that kind of went beyond pro wrestling and everyone talked about. How about uh, one word, pipe bomb? 
Okay. Yeah. CM Punk taking the microphone, sitting Indian st- oh, crisscross applesauce <laughs> on the I stage. Think another, I think there's even another word for another phrase for it. At this oh, point. is it now? Uh, so CM Punk doing this promo where he talked about you know maybe wrestling will be better when Vince dies. All that kind of stuff. And this is something that people who hadn't watched wrestling in a long time said, I heard about this promo. Oh, my God. I have to go watch this. It was something that brought fans back to the product. And that whole period with CM Punk had that long WWE title reign, the whole thing where he was uh, going to be leaving. He was His contract was up, and then he had the match with John Cena and Money in the Bank. I think it was 2011. And then he won the title the day he was supposed to be leaving in Chicago. And he left with the title, and there was a whole thing. As I talk about leaving stuff on the table, that that angle frustrates me so bad. Yeah, he left with the WWE title and just came back like a month later. Yeah, there was no like they should have brokered deals. They should have defended it. Ring of Honor. He could have defended it in chaotic wrestling or like companies like around the country that they had uh, Rick Bassman's promotion, like places that WWE has a relationship with and feels comfortable with. Like he could have defended the WWE title on these different shows. It really could have been something something really cool and special and really had this air of like oh my even though it wasn't like it would have been something propelling wwe forward even though it's not happening on their shows right but that moment the pipe bomb in particular was just a a big moment and kind of kicked off that whole angle and it really uh it was bigger than monday night raw and it happened yeah right there you did steal my thunder a little bit on one of the ones I had on my list, but I was talking about the talk about the Jericho beating Triple H for the WWE title, yeah, and then and then them forcing Hebner to say, "Well, he fast counted, right? That was the deal, something like that." that and then and then turning the title back over to to Triple H. I thought that was a really great angle, but I'd be remiss here if we said the best feud of all time was Austin McMahon, and we didn't have a couple Austin McMahon moments, right? Um, one really great one that I enjoyed was the Austin. Austin got fired the night before on the pay per view, mm-hmm. and then showed up to Raw the next night in his pickup truck, and and Vince was using the Stooges to try to hide from him, but then Austin came in and he kidnapped McMahon and and finally gets him out to the ring, and Vince McMahon actually pissed himself. You know, millionaire, billionaire. You know, if you're going by storyline uh, purposes pissed himself in the middle of the ring in the famous bang 316 gun i thought that was i, I thought that was a great angle. of course I you didn't like it. that oh, of course you didn't I like hated it. that angle of course you did oh, it just got so dark when he's when he's had the gun and the whole gun thing for half of it i'm like what the fuck is going on where he's waving a gun <laughs> in front of the owner of the company it just took a weird turn for me i didn't really enjoy it but i do enjoy how Vince you're, McMahon, you're, you're, you're the guy that uh you, you, the the mention of chris benoit's name makes you want to throw up so i do give vince a ton of credit he, i mean we don't see it much these days he really lets himself be shown in a negative light when it comes down to it he you know he it's sells he sells for the baby face at the end <laughs> of the day which we don't see enough with the authority figures today in pro wrestling but anyway how about if you talk about Austin? I know you've mentioned it before in this podcast. The introduction of Mike Tyson on Monday Night Raw. Yes. And Steve Austin ruined it. You ruined it. <laughs> that was a big time angle, of course. Got big time play on ESPN and everywhere else. It was huge, uh, you know, just beyond the scope of pro wrestling. That was the first time that I remember, like, the next day, I was avid watcher of SportsCenter 
at the time. Like I'd get up for for school. Not and, anymore, though. Not so much. <laughs> no. I'd get up. I'd get up for school and like at like six or whatever, and and I'd get up earlier than I had to for school just so I could watch Sports Center, and like I'd never seen pro wrestling on Sports Center before, and there it was. You know the the Austin Mike Tyson stuff, and you can tell they're trying to play it cool, but they had no clue if that was real or not. Right. I lo- I love thinking about it now, and you hear I hear like Austin tell stories of it. All his guys picking up the hundred dollar bills that had like <laughs> fallen in the ring. <laughs> Are there any other uh, Austin things you can think of before we well, move on to the last one? Yeah, I mean the uh, well, I don't know if I'm going to steal your thunder here, but the the beer truck. Okay. The yeah. the Austin spraying the corporation with the beer truck with the uh, with the winged eagle title in a case for some inexplicable reason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they brought it back at that point for one night to. Uh, why not? Just to get sprayed by beer, but that was—I mean—that was—that was an incredible moment. The crowd Vince, going Vince crazy. Or was it Shane yeah, swimming? Swimming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the way they sold it, just unbelievable. They just had moment after moment with uh, Steve Austin, and you know they just built and built and built off of the whole Austin McMahon thing, and just a lot of big time moments when it came to uh, angles for Monday Night Raw when it came to Austin. But let's move on to the Raw. MVP. If you could boil it down to a single person, Brian Malonis, who would you say overall, over 25 years, is the most valuable player on Monday Night Raw? I think it's only one person, Mike. Okay. Hulk Hogan. What? Without, without the boom of wrestling. No, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. No, I, th- I think it's Vince McMahon. He, okay. He created the show. There were some dark times for WWE where he kept the company going. And kept Raw going through those difficult financial times, and then taking the opportunity to make himself a heel, uh, become one of the greatest heels in pro wrestling history. You know, you think about later on, it kind of shifted to The Rock, and everybody talks about The Rock. You know, The Rock and Austin that was a great rivalry, but that Austin character doesn't take off the way it does without having the Vince McMahon, Mister McMahon character, because the, the the crux of it, Steve Austin was the everyman doing the things that Americans wanted to do to their boss, you know, like, right. you know, flip their boss off. Maybe not Stone Cold stun them and spray him with beer, but basically, you know, hey, this guy's standing up to his boss. I, you know, that's me. I, I don't like my boss either. And um, I think without without Vince McMahon being that character, I'm not sure the WWE or, um, you know, and, and of course, Vince McMahon's responsible for the company, but um, just in a general sense, just from a performance standpoint, I don't think the company reaches those heights, and I don't think Steve Austin reaches those heights without the antagonist that Vince McMahon was. All right. Well, building off of that, I'm going to talk about someone as an MVP that we haven't even mentioned here yet, surprisingly. I mean, be careful here, because if you mention somebody, like, if, if, I, I'm just worried Mike Mills might have a coronary. <laughs> no, I mean, if you're talking about Austin versus McMahon, that doesn't happen without one man. Brett the Hitman Hart. Oh, I was going to say Ted DiBiase. <laughs> <laughs> the million dollar man. No, Brett Hart. The fact he was the catalyst for the whole thing, the whole Montreal screw job. Uh, of course, Brett Hart had a great run uh, as champion and as part of the Hart Foundation. They were a big part of the early days of the Monday Night Wars after the Montreal screw job. And then Brett screwed Brett. And then Vince becomes the heel based off of the. The, all the Montreal incident and Bret Hart leaving. And the fact that it all came, it all boils down to if Bret Hart doesn't leave, if that whole screw job doesn't happen, we don't have 
have probably Austin versus McMahon. McMahon doesn't become a character if Bret Hart doesn't leave. No, but you probably would have had a hell of a Bret Hart and Steve Austin <laughs> continuation of their feud. Yeah, I'm, I am not the biggest Bret Hart fan on Earth, especially white meat babyface Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. I hate him. I, I think he's boring. I think his promos stink. <laughs> like I just do. Like that's that's my opinion. For that's not me, the performer that knows the business. That's me as a fan. Like I hated Bret Hart as like the white meat babyface. Never liked him during that entire era of him as the singles top champion, as the, as the WWE champion. Hated his guts. But that 1997 like heel run is so freaking good. The Bret Hart heel character with the Hart Foundation. And it kind of started with him being being whiny and like that's just bullshit. Yeah, After that cage and, match with Sid. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome though. It was so good. As a, I, I could have watched three more years of of that Bret Hart as a heel in WWE. It's, it's a shame he went to WCW and then kind of went back to it's being all botched. Yeah, Bret Hart being white meat babyface, right? Yeah, like the heel stuff with uh, you know the anti-American stuff, like so good. Yeah, I'm, I, I I think that's a great pick, Mike. A little off the beaten path, but yeah, I think that's a great pick because that, especially that heel run, you know, you'd have a hard time selling me on like Bret Hart wrestling Hakushi, you know, or something <laughs> that's a good in, match. in 94, 95, whatever, you know, it was, I love that feud. was the catalyst for what Monday Night Raw became, <laughs> but you know, 97 Bret Hart was was on fire and it's it's too bad you look back at wrestling history too too bad they couldn't have worked it out you know because i who i mean maybe this never reaches the heights because you never have the vince mcmahon character but man i i would love to have seen a little more of that bret hart heel character well what do you guys think out there let us know what are your thoughts about the 25 year anniversary of monday night raw we want your feedback tweet us at the wpan on twitter with your take on this week's episode your thoughts on our discussion about monday night raw use the hashtag wpan also you can call the voicemail line we want to hear from you get your voicemails in we will play them right here on the podcast call 401-584-9726 that's 401-584-wpan call right now before you forget become a part of the wrestling podcast about nothing one more time that is 401-584-9726 okay brian it is time for america's game Oh, boy. But before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean BDARadio.com? What's the BDA stand for? Blaming Donald for absence? No, Kingpin, it's not a dirt sheet rumor. Donald Trump's travel ban was blamed for Psycho Sid (laughs) missing an indie date last week. Did you hear about this? I did hear about this. There's no word on if it's a part of the president's Make the Indies Great Again campaign. But what BDA Radio is part of is bringing the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news. They break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. BDARadio.com is huge. Okay, Kingpin, we'll move on quickly. Please. (laughs) We don't do politics here. As you know, Kingpin... And I have no problem admitting this. I love the dirt sheets. That's what some people call insider wrestling newsletters and news sites. It's what I do. Gotta check the dirt sheets. Love a good sheet. I've been knee deep in this stuff since the day I found out they existed. You? Not so much. So with that in mind, I present to you the WPAN's most celebrated segment. 
America's game. <clears throat> We're doing the dart sheet shuffle. Nah, nah, nah. Yes. That gust of wind tried to blow my house over before you let that <laughs> piece of garbage <laughs> jingle out. It's back, Kingpin. It is back, the dirt sheet shuffle. And you have played this game 15 times. And this is a big one, Kingpin, because you are seven and eight. You can get to 500 by getting this correct. And this is how we do it. We have three news stories from the pro wrestling news sites from around the internet. Which one of these stories did not actually get reported? It's not if it's true. It's if it got reported on these fly-by-night indie news sites. Did you uh, re-up with the Observer uh, so you could do this today? I did not. Oh. Because the Observer is a reputable news site. Thank you very much. Is it now? Yes. (laughs) So, Brian, can you separate the news from the ruse? Yes? Sure. Okay. I should try my best. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Play at home with the kingpin. Uh, you're about to do better than he does. So here we go. This is story number one. This just in. Heath Slater rang in the new year with John. Oh, oops. I misread that. Heath Slater rang in 2018 in the John. The former leader of 3MB was all OMG. When he got trapped in an airplane bathroom on his way to Raw in Miami on New Year's Day. Thankfully, videos on Curtis Axel's Instagram showed that he was indeed in there alone. So yes, he's got kids, but not anymore on the way. That is story number one, my friend. Okay. How do you feel? What I don't are you know. I, I don't know. It's a weird one. It's a weird one. Uh, I don't really feel strongly one way or the other about it. Uh, that's that's the one thing I've started to – what's been the key to my success is not making my decision before I hear all three stories. Okay. So. And by the way, all of these are New Year's themed. Oh, okay. So let's go on to story number two. The ball is not the only thing that dropped on New Year's Eve, Kingpin. Lana attended a New Year's Eve party in Tampa, Florida, and was dancing up a storm with her husband, Handsome Rusev, when the ravishing Russian took a terrible tumble. One of the fair Lana's eight-inch heels snapped, resulting in an awkward bump onto the dance floor just minutes before the clock struck 12. But fear not, Mike Mills, for it was all captured for a future edition of Total Divas, where I'm sure one of the other girls will be blamed for the whole thing taking place. That is story number two. Thoughts? Prayers? My thoughts? God, Lana's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's okay. Thank you for that. Let's move on to our third and final story. Story number three. Happy Nude Year. Seamus kicked off 2018 by attempting to break a world record. And of course, it was all captured on YouTube. The record attempted was for making snow angels naked. So yes, it was white on white crime as the Celtic warrior exposed his privates in a hopefully private area and shifted said privates in the snow, outlasting the previous mark of 33 seconds. 
no word on if he also got the record for most significant shrinkage. <laughs> that is story number three. And Kingpin, let's review them before we get your thoughts. Okay. We take you through your process here. Story number one, Heath Slater trapped in an airplane bathroom on New Year's Day on his way to Monday Night Raw. It was captured by Kurt Axel's Instagram. Story number two, Lana snapped an eight-inch heel on her shoe, dancing with Rusev at a New Year's Eve party, taped for a future edition of Total Divas. And Sheamus did naked snow angels and has a, apparently a new world record, beating the previous mark of 33 seconds. All right, Kingpin, talk us through it. What are you thinking? Which is the story that did not get reported? Well, I'm torn between uh, two and three right now. Okay. Mike, um, why is one ruled out? I don't know. Strikes me as maybe it happened. Okay. Like, you know. So, again, knowing you. Knowing me. Yeah. You like to throw me off the scent. You like to find ways to throw me off the scent. And lately, you haven't been able to. Mm-hmm. But I noticed that in the Seamus one, there's a there is a odd amount of of yeah, like detail. Okay. Like, and then you talked about um, it was captured on YouTube, mm-hmm. or for you for you it was on YouTube. But then you also talked about he was nude completely, mm-hmm. so it's not allowed on YouTube either. Okay. Um, but but maybe that's maybe that's how you're trying to throw me off the sin. And again, the, and the other thing that's th- throwing me on the um, the Lana one, it's it's one piece that's 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 throwing me on the Lana one. That's the eight inch heel. Is that a real thing? Like I'm trying to think how about big eight inches is. That's a really big heel, and that's the thing that that that's keeping me from completely going with the Sheamus one. But I think, but I think I I think I got to go with the Sheamus one. The 33 seconds, the 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 weird world record nudity on YouTube. It sounds to me like story number three is the fake one, not reported on on the wrestling news site. So I'm going to lock in my answer, Mike. Number three. Okay, so you're saying that Seamus did not kick off the new year by getting naked and making snow angels. That's exactly what I'm saying. On YouTube. All right, here we go, Kingpin. So, Brian Malonis, the Kingpin. You are incorrect. Damn it. <laughs> you fall to seven and nine. And yes, story number two, the false story. Seamus was on YouTube. It was uh, pixelated, as you say, his private area. So I suppose maybe he wasn't actually naked by... Why wouldn't he be, right? I don't know. I don't know. You why. can find it on YouTube. I watched it uh, very excitedly <laughs> as Seamus did Snow one, Angels. One pale Irishman watching another. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, Heath Slater uh, also was trapped in a bathroom on his way to Monday Night Raw. The story number two is the false story. I made that up. And yeah, I'm not quite sure if there are eight inch heels. Another that's, six inch. And, that, and the eight inch ones, that's always, that's what. And I should I should have gone with it, I guess. But that was the uh, that was what was getting me. It's like eight inch heel. That seems that seems absurd. An eight inch heel. I think they probably exist. Let us know really? out there. Yeah, I don't at know. At the WPA, it's like an absurdly big heel. Our monstrous female fan base can let us know. <laughs> like, it is. It is. 
all right, so oh, yes. Not that you know what eight inches looks like. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> all right, Kingpin. So you're a big loser. So that means I get to do my thing and happily, most uh, joyously sing my song one more time to close this thing out. And uh, here we go. <clears throat> We're doing the dirt sheet shuffle. Nah, nah, nah. Woo! I'd make a sports reference here, but you wouldn't understand it anyways. No, I wouldn't. So <laughs> thanks for refraining. <laughs> All right. That was the dirt sheet shuffle, ladies and gentlemen. And before we get into the rest of the show, let's talk about Booking the Territory, Pro Wrestling Podcast. I mentioned Mike Mills. He loves Total Divas, and he also loves talking about old school wrestling. He does it twice a week on Sundays. It's the Smoky Mountain Show. Thursdays, his flagship show. Check out MikeMills.Podbean.com. Also, if you're talking old school wrestling, how about our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast with Joe Morata and Michael Quinn, our good pals. So make sure you check them out, OVPPodcast.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. How about greetings from Allentown with Peter Winson? We met him a couple weeks back. We did. In Lowell, Massachusetts. He's a local boy, and he does a great podcast, a solo show, where he talks about a single episode of a TV show each and every week. It's a really fun listen. Check out Greetings from Allentown and, of course, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast with a cast of thousands, including Jason Stewart. They talk each and every week on Thursdays, plus their stuff all week long on that feed. Rundown Wrestling Podcast is the feed you want to subscribe to. And, of course, we hope you continue to listen to the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network all week long. Make sure you're subscribed and enjoy. All right, Kingpin, it's promo about nothing time. The year? 1992. And we're heading down south to Memphis, Tennessee, the USWA. I just want to say, for all the crap even you talk about the, the greatness of Southern wrestling promos, Right. Boy, do we get a lot of promos about nothing from the South. I'm just just an observation. Well, I mean, just an observation. If you're observing, you know that the last three weeks it was from the WWF. So we get a lot from down <laughs> south. We try to be equal opportunity when it comes to the promo about nothing here, but this one, oh boy, uh, let's talk about Memphis. Let's talk about the USWA, and let's talk about Dave Brown and Corey Macklin. They're going to interview the Fat Boys. Oh boy. This week's promo about nothing. The actual fat boys? We'll see. <laughs> Say about the situation. The ring. <laughs> the ring. The, the support. Of course their music is the, the twist. Uh, there are a couple of big eye hooks that, uh, that yeah. have snapped there. I think we'd get that put back together. But here they come. Meat and potatoes and, and, and guys, which is which? <laughs> For those of you who hadn't seen us before, we're the fat boys. I meet this is potatoes. Hey, I thought I was meeting you was potatoes. But that don't matter. You see, we smell some dogs in town. Yeah, the moon dogs are around here. And uh and by the smell, there's some pretty stinky dogs too. And let me tell you, let me tell you something. Dogs. Anytime you want to come down, we got meat and potatoes for all of you. Come on, baby. Anytime. Well, I tell you what, an impressive debut right here today in the USWA from the Fat Boys. Meat and potatoes, or is it meat and potatoes? We're glad to have you here. Yeah, Kingpin. Uh, meat and potatoes. <sighs> Let me just say, like, yeah, usually you want to put people in the position to succeed. 
the idea to have them cut the promo after they wrestled probably one of the worst ideas they are really out of breath still though <laughs> like they i mean they'd gone around slapped hands and they were still really 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 out of breath yeah i believe that man's name is scott thompson who was uh meat or was it potatoes <laughs> that's the humor there you don't know who's who really the names they went by meat apparently there were meat and potatoes i don't think they were there very long can't imagine uh, they were. I would, I would, I would assume that they were quickly dispatched by the Moon Dogs. The more USWA stuff you put up here, the the more I question the legacy of Jerry Lawler. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had the weekly TV show, ninety minutes. A lot can go on in ninety minutes for uh, you know, however long that went on. It's no excuse for that. <laughs> so meat and potatoes. What do you think? They're horrendous. I was very disappointed it wasn't the real Fat Boys. <laughs> Did you ever see Disorderlies? <laughs> I think I have, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great movie. I was hoping, yeah, I was hoping for a little... <laughs> kind of was that. <laughs> <laughs> that was, wasn't that. <laughs> Holy Toledo, these the, the two. The announcer didn't even know what to do because they were both so they were both so <laughs> out of breath. Neither one could talk. Yeah, they just, just kind of let them go so they can go back and get their oxygen, I think, was what happened there. Uh, yeah, so the fat boys... Uh, infamous in memphis in the uswa i would say uh meat and potatoes thank you very much and uh hope to never hear from you again so uh, you've heard this promo about nothing if you want the full picture find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the wpan.com all right kingpin you are hitting the highways and byways crisscrossing this great nation of ours plying your trade as a professional wrestler and uh i think we got dates <laughs> we well a date we do <laughs> we'll be in the ring at the same time we will yes friday night woburn massachusetts yes ringing a bell yes chaotic Pan- wrestling chaotic wrestling pandemonium i think only me and josh briggs have been announced so far i saw mike verna as well. oh mike verna was announced yes. you know those are those announcements are coming very slow <laughs> um, but uh, it's each- all coming to a head this friday though. <laughs> yes uh, so uh yeah we'll be returning to chaotic wrestling uh chaotic wrestling.com for full ticket and card information the very Watch ne- me die <laughs> this friday night perhaps <laughs> <laughs> the very next night i'm heading to bethany connecticut for northeast wrestling i'll be uh entering in uh the the northeast rumble for i believe a shot at the heavyweight title so no doubt i will be uh winning that that uh, that big rumble and wait how'd you do in the two ring rumble i was one of the final final two mike i made a misstep at the end and eliminated myself essentially oh well that's that's foolish on your part (laughs) well it happens hopefully it happens in NEW for you (laughs) well we'll see mike and uh because we're running really long i just want to mention one more date on my calendar for january and that's january the 20th mike nashville tennessee what not memphis tennessee nashville music city usa yes ring of honor international tv taping I'll be there with, along with all the stars of Ring of Honor, including the Bullet Club, Cody, the Young Bucks, Matt Taven, and the Kingdom, Dalton Castle, the new world champion, Punisher Martinez. I think they're wrestling each other actually there. Yes, but, uh, I'll be there as well. I can't mention I can't mention anything yet because it hasn't aired on TV, <sighs> and we're not giving spoilers. We are not, Mike, are we? But it will be coming to your television. Uh, I I want to say next week will be uh, the episode that I'm on. So I'll, I'll actually be on a couple of episodes. I'll give you a little little sneak Ooh. preview, Mike. I'll be on. I'll get a tiny bit of a spoiler. I'll be on a couple of episodes uh, upcoming. Wow, 
ROHwrestling.com. You can see the episodes weekly if you don't get them locally in your area. Yeah, and if you if you're if you're if you're in the Nashville area within driving distance or whatever of, of Nashville, or hey, you're a really big fan, fan of the Kingpin, you want to fly yourself down there, <laughs> come to Nashville and see me wrestle for Ring of Honor. All right, well that's great. And to book the Kingpin, well, it's like my this is my southern debut, Mike. Really, you were in Nashville? Oh yeah, you're supposed to be. No. No, no, I've never wrestled in the South before. Wow. How about that? You're going to do some Southern wrestling. Oh, boy. <laughs> I've said a lot of, I've said a lot of things. <laughs> Hopefully, there's no promo after your match, right? <laughs> hey, you'll be okay. You'll hey, be okay. May, you know, maybe I'll wrestle one of the Mulkies. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? If you want to book the Kingpin, you know where the Mulkies are, and you like to book the Kingpin against them, email Brian Malonis at Comcast.net or DM him on the Twitter at Brian Malonis. I know you're rushing along that segment, Kingpin, because you wanted to open your gift. We're oh. at the end of the show. Oh, I forgot. It is time for you to open your gift that I got for you. A belated Christmas gift from Mexico. Why don't you go I didn't get you anything. open that up? <laughs> yeah, well. All right. Well, I did get you something. You just still haven't opened it yet. Uh, it's open. It's open. The oh. mixer. Yes. Have you played around with it yet? <laughs> I played around with a lot of things. Goodness. What do we what do we got here? Oh, goodness. Look at this, huh? There you go. Why don't you describe that for the people wow. out there? It is a Rey Mysterio mask. What, what? What are you talking about? It's not a Rey Mysterio mask. Look what's on that thing. Well, I know, but that's a Rey Mysterio design well, mask with a Steelers logo on it. There you go. How about that? And that is going to get you in the Steelers through the play. Are they in the, they're in the playoffs? Yeah, they're in the playoffs. Okay. So and that's what's going to happen. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll wear it <laughs> Friday night. Because <laughs> you know you have a great history with wearing wrestling masks. I really might wear it out Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> Why the hell not? Why don't you put that mask on so we can oh. take a nice picture for the oh, people? Oh, boy. I knew that's what the ask was going to be here. <laughs> that's what the real the real gift is about. There you go. Oh, my damn, I think my turn tied here. My head is enormous. Well, it, you're, you are a uh, large cranium individual. <laughs> so are you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I've never, I don't know if I've ever put on an actual mask before. Do they, do they have Steelers panty? Wow. Look at that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful. What a look. You should always have worn a mask. You son of a bitch. I, <laughs> I realize what's finally happened here. <laughs> Tommy Dreamer got to you. He sure did. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so there's your Steelers. Uh, it's, I wouldn't say it's Rey Mysterio, right? It's just uh, oh, you know, it's Rey Mysterio. It's, it's officially licensed from the NFL, of course. <laughs> yes. and, and WWE. That is a Rey Mysterio yeah, design I mask. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to, you know. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. Why does it matter? <laughs> that is your gift, Kingpin. Happy holidays. Thanks, buddy. And then we're gonna make it uh we're gonna make it count with the uh Steelers, right? Let's hope. We'll see. <laughs> All right, anyway. We'll be back next week, next Monday, for episode ninety one of the wrestling podcast about nothing on the NAI Wrestling Network, BDA Radio, and the WPAN.com. Till then, he is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing. <laughs>